This is Playing Pretend with Chris McIlvenny. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Playing Pretend with me, Chris McIlvenny. This week I'm joined by the absolute gent that is Brendan Quinn. He's a lovely fella. You're going to realise that when you listen to it. Here he is. This is Brendan Quinn. Brendan, thanks very much for doing this. How are you? All good, but all good. How are you? Yeah, dead on. Um, we I normally start this podcast by saying how we met, but we've never actually met. Okay. I, I uh, I've always known of you. Is that is that weird? Uh, I've no, always known of you. I've always seen stuff, and then it was recently I seen a monologue that you did called The Talker. Yes, yes, with uh, for Pinterest. It was absolutely unreal because I didn't really know what I was gonna be watching and then just couldn't stop watching it was class absolutely nice unreal. so thank unreal. you good work uh have you been doing much work over lockdown because it's a hard time yeah well but... i've actually i've been um i've been very blessed actually uh between yeah just between everything it's just been gigs like pint stays and i did like a, an adult panto for uh um for um creative theater and i did an ad in london and stuff for sky broadband things like that yeah. Um. So I've been very, very blessed yeah. uh, during it. I had a lot of work cancelled originally, right. like a lot of work. Um. And it was kind of like an overnight thing that you had all this work lined up, like everyone else, and then yeah, like it's tough enough, you know, in the industry. Never mind that. Yeah. And so that work that was cancelled, is it gonna be being done in the future, or is it kind of just sacked? Um. Well, I think it's up in the air. It was. It was. You know, a lot of theatre stuff and. Um, and then you know those companies are evolving, so hopefully, you know, if not this year, next, just whenever it's it's kind of safe. I think yeah. it's always something we're going to get around to, but hopefully it'll happen. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, um, fr- from an early age, were you always interested in performing and acting? Where where did it come about that you wanted to be an actor? Um, I actually I joined the Rainbow Factory when I was seven, and uh, wanted to do that. My sister was in it. She's a uh, um, a few years older. I mean, she was in it first, uh, and then I just kind of went to it, and it was just always like I never grew out of it. You know, it just yeah. always, it just always was there and in, in the back of my mind. You know, because mm-hmm. I was in Rainbow, but only for maybe six or seven months when I was about seventeen, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved, I loved it and love what they did because I I always found when I was. Uh, younger well i was very shy when i was a kid so i would never do anything like that and then it was only when i was like 16 17 18 i decided i wanted to be an actor so the only way i could really get time on stage was to do musicals and then a friend of mine uh Karen mccourt was in rainbow and was like uh why don't you join we actually do just acting you don't have to sing and i was like well that's good so i went and and it's mad i I absolutely loved it, and all the people were just so lovely. I, I absolutely loved that. Did you yeah, do many real, shows with them? It was a real basis, like you know, yeah. it was a real, it was a good foundation and a good, like I mean, I was there from I was seven till I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, and you just you kind of progress from playing drama games and then the plays and suitcase theater and pantomimes and. I never did any of their summer shows, but they were like big musical. It was like proper, you know, yeah. it was pro- a, lot of, a lot of good people come out of that building. Like Definitely. Um, because I always felt, uh, 
like there wasn't really a, a, an option to do straight acting uh <laughs> other than rainbow because yeah. for young people definitely because uh there was just no real outlets for for young people to be able to perform mm. and hone their skills even as a young person to to try and get better at least try and figure out whether you want to do this as a career even like even as a social thing as like a, a confidence thing you know you go in and you're like i'm seven like i mean there's yeah it doesn't i don't, I don't really think it matters what age you are when you go into the building but it's it's very much it's it's great for acting and it's great for honing your skills but it's also great in terms of just communicating with other people and especially yeah. like it was mixed like boys and girls and you go mm-hmm. from like oh my god like what's and that's why you you know you kind of develop this you become very social very quickly you know mm-hmm. you kind of it brings you to your shell a lot i found especially as a kid yeah uh because it's you're there with like-minded people who love doing what you love to do so yeah. it's it really Definitely. really helps so then in school what school did you go to uh, La Salle, La Salle. In, uh, West yeah did they, they like was there much of a drama program there um yeah there was there wasn't there wasn't i uh like i always did school shows but i couldn't the GCSE drama, uh, because I wasn't not like an awful lot of people to do it. Right. Um, so I went, actually went to the St. Genevieve's uh, as like a sister school. So I did mm-hmm. uh, drama over there and then um, other subjects in La Salle. But yeah, there was definitely um, like getting away from the subject. There was definitely like, I mean, we could do school shows and there was a teacher called Jim McLaughlin who really, you know, would be, would have been the head like a from and kind of, and, and directing the school shows and, and, you know, a very good basis of it's, it's something that, you know, was doable. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it was definitely a proper, a proper subject. Yeah. Uh, and then at around what age did you decide that I'm actually going to do this for a living? Um, well, I think, I think it was kind of, it just never went away. Like it was at seven where I was like, you know, I want to, I remember seeing my sister on a show and being like, right, okay, like I have a, like a genuine memory of seeing her perform and kind of going, right, this is, this is, oh, you can actually do this. And it was all, it was Rainbow Friday, it was a normal show, I think, like, I think Marty McCann was in it. And I remember watching it and going, I want to, I want to do that, you know, yeah. and it just never, don't get me wrong, you get people that say, you know, you can't do it or, you know, you can't afford it or get your head out of the clouds type thing. But I mean, mm. It just I had a very good foundation of family and stuff and friends. It just never anyone close to me anyway never kind of went. Are you serious? A very supportive people around me. Yeah, I think know? that's massively important to have that backing. And yeah, it, definitely. It's, it's not only like logistically having that support, but mentally do, for other people to be like, you can do this. You're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, I God. yeah. I mean, like my my family would be very very supportive. Like there was no time that either of my parents. Or my sister, in fact, like any close family, turn around and go, "Are you are you serious? No, you have to, you have to do the nine to five, and you have to work in an office or get a trade or, or you know, go to university or a- any of that." It was just yeah. very much, if you want to do it, you can. Mm-hmm. So when you left school, did you go to drama school or study? Yeah, I went to the um to the Gaiety School of Acting right. uh, in Dublin, and actually LaSalle helped me out big time with that financially. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was no, um, there was no uh, student finance for for the Gaiety whatsoever. Was that because um, it was so South actually... or because it was a drama school? No, not because it was a drama school. I mean, because it wasn't on UCAS. You know, it right, wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It was just. It was conservatory, so it was just. 
um, there was no funding, like there was no student finance. Mm-hmm. So without without the cell, I couldn't have went to the Getty whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I probably I probably would be an actor, but I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be one that has went to the Getty and, and trained and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? Like, uh, so was that at eighteen that you moved down to Dublin? And yeah, eighteen. Yeah, I think it was. I was eighteen when I went. Yeah. Um, I'm getting old. I'm twenty six. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, scary. Like, I mean, you kind of because you put all your hopes into that. I'm gonna go to drama school, and I'm, mm-hmm. this is it. And then suddenly one day someone goes, you go to auditions and stuff and all that, and then they go, okay, you're in, and you go, all right, yeah, yeah and you save up, you do whatever you can, and uh, then you go, and you're like. All right, this is it. So this is where I have to become a good actor. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 very much something you've always wanted, but now you're doing it. So is it the same thing? Absolutely. Um, I always and, said that that uh people's uh perspective and their goals always are changing. So like when you're 17, mm-hmm. 18, you want to go to drama school, that is like the end goal, go to drama school. But then once yeah. you're there, you're like, Oh, this is it. <laughs> I need to it, it doesn't <laughs> stop here. You know, what are you yeah, exactly? Like what are you you know, you go into your room and it's all these strange, all these strangers who you don't know, and it's drama school. It's you know, lie on the floor and you know, do all this stuff, and you're like, I'm this, you know, kid from West Belfast, and I'm yeah, I kind of went in a kind of tall ad, you know, and yeah. just, and then you know, for the first few weeks, like everyone I talked to was like nodding and laughing, like really like enjoying my stories, and I was like, this is this is unbelievable. I should have went to drama school like when I was 15, the coolest <laughs> person here. And that I know for the first month, no one could understand me whatsoever. Um, just because I had such a thick, not a thick accent, but just a a real, you know, um, a real accent on me, you know. Uh, yeah. And it was filled with Americans and, and people from Dublin and other parts of the world. So they kind of didn't have a clue. And then you kind of have to speak slower and learn and all that stuff. So then while, while you were in the Gary were you mm-hmm. able to work outside of that because i know a lot of drama schools don't allow that for you to go no, you and try you, you weren't given time to like that's what i say such a supportive family like you know without LaSalle and without the back end of you know my parents and stuff financially i wouldn't have like you couldn't have a job yeah a lot of people go yeah yeah you probably didn't want a job and you're like no you genuinely couldn't get a job yeah because you were working you know, flat out. Yeah. You know, 12, 13 hours a day. You know, there was no time. That's it. And it's so, not only are the hours so long, but what you're actually doing is so physically and emotionally draining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Because You know, by the time you get in, you were knackered. Like, yeah. absolutely. And I hated coming back and having to learn lines or do work. Mm. So I used to stay in the building to maybe eight or nine and have all my stuff done for the next day and yeah. then go home. Yeah. Um. Just because it was so, you know, by go, I was going into this little box room and, you know, in Shakur that was in first year that was literally just a bed and a sink. Yeah. You know, you didn't have you didn't have room to learn lines. You didn't. You literally had room to get your dinner and watch an episode of The Office. Yeah. yeah. See, I've lived in some mad places, like because uh, I, I lived in Newcastle and Manchester and London and stuff, and and living in those wee box rooms with nothing and like like one pillow and whatever i'm always like god i can't wait to tell this story on graham norton it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah well I, you wouldn't believe how many times in my life i've thought a Norton story to tell you know um like it's just crazy like i mean the first year i lived in a place that was a nice area but the house was i just thought that's how people lived like i'd never moved out before yeah a little single bed a sink a mirror 
um, and a makeshift ward. Like my wardrobe was at the bottom of my bed, like a bit of my bed. Like the, there was no doors, so a bit of my oh, bed yeah. was in the wardrobe. Um, so it was just, and then in second year, we we actually three of us um, uh, who were who were training together, two of my actually really good friends, um, Connor Quinlan and Jack McAvoy. Um, we lived together uh, in a little place in East Wall, and that was a bit better because it was you know the three of you, three of us were doing it together. Yeah, you know we were we were living together and and going to college together. And, you know it was it was that was a bit more like home. Whether the first year was kind of just somewhere to stay. Yeah. You know? Um, so then I feel like drama school is a very, uh, it's a mad place because you think you know yourself, but then all the types of things that you're doing in drama school, you're really getting to know yourself like emotionally and like mm-hmm. really getting to the nitty gritty of me- what makes you tick and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. was there any moments where you were like, uh, had second thoughts or was ever like, oh God, am I cut yeah. out for this? Yeah, I don't, I, well, I don't think there were, a, you know, am I, am I cut out for it? But there was definitely moments of like, you know, you're, you know, my acting teacher used to say, what, like, what do you want? I'm like, what? You know, what, like, what do you want in a scene? And it took me for forever to realize, okay, that's what she means. You know, it was, and they, thankfully, the gaiety wasn't, but I, I know there's drama schools where they kind of have to break you down to build you back up again. Yeah. And all that. Um, but we were, we were very lucky in terms of, we had a, a like a, a thing called manifesto we did every week, which was you know writing your own material and writing scripts and writing duologues or scenes or what to do really after after college. So there was definitely times where it was tough, uh, and you kind of find out, you know, if you're if you're supposed to be there. But I, you know, it was always uncomfortable at times. But I think if it's not uncomfortable, like it wasn't, you weren't paying them the money for them to tell you you're a great actor. Absolutely, yeah. Because then you're in the wrong place. You know, you want someone that's going to say, well, that was shit. Yeah. But why was it shit? You know, um, yeah. so that was an awful lot of those moments. But but never, a, never. A, oh, I can't. I'm not in the right place. Like, mm-hmm. And and being in the Getty, uh, I, I, I assume in third year, did you do shows in the Getty Theatre or was it any affiliation? Yeah, no, not in there. It was it was um, Smock Alley which is the theatre that's literally at the back of the Getty, mm-hmm. um, uh, of the school. So we did all our all our showcases, everything like that, in in there, which was which was great because you did it you did it right up, you know, you did it um every year, you did like first year showcases and stuff, and then it was, you know, a lot of pressure showcases, you know, it's a lot. Um, I think especially you know younger actors can really think this is this is it. Yeah. You know, I've one monologue here, and if I screw it up, my career's yeah. away. But it's you know it's it's not. Yeah, I was quite lucky in that. Like I went to, I moved to Newcastle when I was 18 and then it didn't work out. So a year passed and then another year passed. And then I went to drama school in Manchester where I ended up doing the three years. But I was a lot older than everyone else in my class. So, and I'd kind of had that rejection of, of being in drama school and then it not working out and trying to make a living working and stuff, being in the real world. And I was like, I, this isn't anymore a big deal. It's like it's not the end of the world if this showcase doesn't go the way yeah. I've planned it. Yeah. But a lot like of people, exactly, yeah. a lot of people in my class found that really difficult and were like, "This is the be all and end all." And I'm like, "It's not. This is just one day in your but, actor's life. It's not a big deal." Yeah, it's just it's it's just um because it's because it's uh it's done in such a way of 
you know, you have a showcase for an agent and you need an agent to work. Yeah. Um, and thankfully I had an agency that, that I was with um, up here. So I wasn't too, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, but there, there was that kind of, you know, if it, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But you do put yourself through. I remember like you would lose sleep and you would kind of, it would be a big thing. Like if you don't get a call from an agent and everyone then after your showcase, like, you know, the year above you and stuff or that, you know, at a party or whatever, you know, did you get the call and you've, your mates get the phone call and you're like, what, what's he get, you know, and oh, yeah. what's this cast? And it's just your baby steps of, of what's happening. Yeah. But in, in, you know, in reality, it's not actually, you can do yourself damage if you put too much into it. Yeah. 100%. You, know, you can be like mentally, you can really, you know, put too much pressure on yourself. And it's, yeah. it's not about that whatsoever. There's like, life after drama school if you don't get an agent. hundred percent. And nerves are a good thing a lot of the time. But like, if you are freaking out, that's not a good thing. Because yeah, I mean, there's, much there's nerves and then there's panic attacks yeah exactly. yeah and it's it's but it's that pressure of you have to do well and you genuinely it's not it's not about that it's about taking away what, what you can get from that experience rather yeah. than i have an end goal that i must get and if i don't get it i'm a failure and that's not yeah that's not it you know yeah so after you left dublin did you then move back to belfast i moved back because i was skint um like genuinely skint like i'd i'd you know we kind of you're paying bills and stuff and and you've you've the help of family but after a while i had to be like i have to go back to my man's house like i just i just have to um and that was yeah you just kind of you come up here and you have to kind of start but i feel like it's like you have to start again i had this strange um idea of you know, as soon as I get across the border, I'll put a wee Facebook status up. As soon as I get across the border, my phone's gonna light up. And it, it didn't. Like I put a status up saying that's me home or whatever. And I was like, here we go. This is it. But you almost have to start again because yeah. your mates that, that didn't go away and they're still acting. So yeah. they've been acting here for three years where you've been training. Yeah. So you come back and their CVs like three times as long. Yeah. And you were the same, like not level or position, not comparing yourself, but you were kind of going for the same gigs. And now they've got all this professional experience. Yeah. And you're sitting there like, um, you looked at like a bambino because you're just out of drama school. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's you do have to kind of start back up and slowly but surely build that up again. Yeah. And and, and seeing your a lot of your mates who who have been working professionally without going to drama school. Um, before you went to drama school, did you feel like you need, or even after you you finished your drama school, did you feel like you needed it? Oh, de- definitely. Like I definitely don't get me wrong. I don't think you come out and you're like I'm an actor. You know, you yeah. don't. Um, I don't think you, as in like, you know, you're a you're a finished product and you you don't stop learning. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't think it's 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 anything like that. I think when you, I personally needed it just because I wanted it so bad. Like I, I always, it was like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm, I'm acting anyway in amateur stuff. Um, I get into drama school and then I was like, right, okay, well, this is the, this is the next thing. Otherwise I'm going to have to go in and, you know, sit and get a different job. Or, or it was definitely something that I, I felt like I needed to, but there was no way of like, when I come out, I, I wasn't like, no, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it was, it's very much, you, you keep learning and you keep, you know, going to courses and you keep, you know, on top of it, like yeah, definitely. And then with uh, obviously you said that you were able to write that that manifesto thing every week. Did you continue writing? Had you ever written before you did that? 
Uh, I, I did little bits, like little stuff when I was younger, um, like different monologues and stuff with the Rainbow Factory, things like that. But that was one of the main the main things that I loved about Getty was because every week you were asked to to write a scene or write a monologue or take inspiration or or or, or anything. And I and then I continued that. Like I continued, like I used to write a lot of sketches purely because I didn't have work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, okay, um, I need to do something. And then yeah. from those sketches, then work, you know, and relationships started to form. Yeah. But if I had just sat and done nothing. Then I, I'd still be sitting doing that. Like I'm always, if I'm not in rehearsals or I'm not in a show, especially this lockdown, mm-hmm. you're like, right, okay, I've had some work, but let's let's open up the laptop and you know, create something. Yeah, definitely. Because you you almost feel like having an opportunity like this, like a lockdown, and having that much time, you're like, I don't want to waste it by not being creative in any way. And also, it's it's massively therapeutic to have that creative outlet to be able to uh, write something. Um, what yeah, that, definitely. I think it's just it's it's just about your own personal circumstances. I mean, I mean, I know people that that you know could kind of say that they, well, they've just kind of done nothing in lockdown but just chill, and yeah. that's completely fine. Yeah. Um. And sometimes I think you know life's so busy that that people might need that. But personally, it's been a thing of if you're not because because this industry is so hard anyway, it's so uncertain that when everyone's on that boat. You still need to then, personally for me, I still needed to write and I still needed to apply for calls and I still needed to email people and put a show reel together and, and things like that just to yeah. keep keep on ticking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously this lockdown is going to end eventually and you want to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like you don't really want the, the thing to fade away. You need to just keep your name in people's heads and be like, don't forget about me. <laughs> all, all the time, like I'm constantly, like probably casting directors are getting this case now where they're like, that guy's emailing me again. Like I'm constantly emailing people. You can't, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to constantly say hello to people and, you know, here's here's my little show reel or here's my updated spotlight or, you know, it's it's a it's a constant, um, it's a constant task. Mm-hmm. Um. So once, obviously you had an agent uh, once mm-hmm. you finished drama school, then how quick was it once you got your, like your first job? Um, my first job after drama school uh, was it was a mixture between I did a show in Dublin, but I also did a show up here um, uh, with a Committee of Errors, and uh, which is my first gig uh, with a, a director called Benjamin uh, Benjamin Gould. Um and it was yeah, it was awesome. Like it was it was very much your first gig, and you kind of have to just get after it, you know, um, and just go. And the fact that, remember, like, the idea of people actually paying you money. Like, I had jobs before, you know, at the different ads and stuff when I was a kid, but now that you were out and you weren't just a kid, you know, a, a young actor, you were now a professionally trained actor. The, yeah. That's that's what it says in your CV, whether you are or not is a different thing, but that's what it says, Yeah, you know. So it's, it's just, it was the fact that they were actually going to pay you to then, do a uh, you know do a production was just was just awesome. And there's yeah. also there's a big shift between a professional theater show and the type mm-hmm. of thing that you would do in drama school because I feel like you oh, know yeah. you're you're very uh, you you know everyone that you're doing a show with in um in drama school and you can almost be too familiar. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. just doing a show with your mates, and yeah, so, so maybe the professionalism kind of slips a bit and you have a laugh and that's mm-hmm. fine. But then when you're actually 
in rehearsals of a of a professional theatre show that a lot of money's pumped into. It, yeah. it like people's jobs are on the line type of thing. It's yeah, it, it's that pressure, but it's it's the reason as to why we do it because and, and you find you find out that there's you know that it's a proper job like it's a there's a stage manager that you know will 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 say oh you missed this line and you did that and you know there's you know especially even at the minute even working on COVID world it's you know if you go to any audition or, or any show whatsoever that's socially distanced it's very much temperatures and and you know and and there's there's strict rules in this business yeah that you kind of have to that when you're in drama school as you say it's a show with your mates but you walk in the first day of rehearsals it's you know if you don't know the people they're strangers yeah. um and then you have to you know get uh, get to know them and and you have to follow the rules of you know you have to really carry yourself and be professional and try not to swear and things like that. You know, you can't just walk in and be like, well, crack a lacking, what's my lines? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you have to kind of, um, it's a professional working space rather than just a play with your mates. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so with, uh, obviously you've done like TV and film and a few mm-hmm. adverts and theater, which do you prefer? Um, I love the kind of, like if, when you're on a film set, everything's a lot less pressure. After mm-hmm. you do your first, second take, you're kind of like it's you know I've, I can yeah I can mess up. Yeah. But there's something about the buzz and the the, the aliveness of a of a theatre packed with people. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I want to be sick before I go on stage. Always, no matter what I do, I want to be sick beforehand. Yeah. Um, but especially with a with a theatre, you know, and a live audience, it's just electric. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always felt like I, I, I don't know if your drama school was the same, but we kind of were prepared with how to behave on a film set, and mm-hmm. because it is very different to, to rehearsal. Because I feel like sometimes a rehearsal can can be like uh, a, an idea workshop type thing, and, yeah. and you're able to speak about the the lines and the script and the characters, but a film. A film set's very different because everything's regimented. Like this is what we're doing at this time and that time, and blah blah blah. And like, if if you've never been on a film set, it's it's a scary thing to just walk on and be expected to do what you're doing. Like we were lucky enough, our a lot of our teachers were working actors, so they would be like, "Oh, here I got a part in this massive show," and you're like, "Oh, right, okay." So you would go and 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 be on set. You're like, "There's Emma Thompson. There's such as," and you're like, "What? Yeah. This is crazy." But then. They were like, just watch how they carry themselves and yeah. speak to people, and mm-hmm. that learn from. They they would point out the bad people. They were like, okay, this one's a bit of a dick, so watch him. Don't do what he does. This one very professional. Watch her learn from her, and and that that's how they taught us how to behave. They were just like, just watch people and just don't be like him and be like her. Uh, what yeah, was I think it, it's, it's just mad, man. It's just literally, it's just, it's just a, it's just such a fake, you know, like this crazy beast that you have to go on. Like it's completely different from theatre. Like, com- like just even the way everything's regimented is completely different. Yeah. You know, if you have three lines in a Netflix drama, and you kind of walk up and say, "Oh, I think you would be more like," you, what do you think this character? What do you think his relationship is with with his mother? The director's just gonna kind of turn around and go, "What? <laughs> you know, you're a cog in a wheel on those yeah, big shows, absolutely. and you kind of just have to say your lines, don't bump into anyone, and just try and not mess up." You yeah, 
hundred percent. Um, it's it's funny like being like because it's so so different theater and, and TV, but I feel like theater's kind of the bare bones of acting. Like that's mm-hmm. how we all started was being in front of people and acting because at seven in rainbow they definitely didn't have cameras and a boom operator <laughs> like it was performing in front of people so that's kind of the the origins of, of why you do what you do so it, it yeah yeah definitely i feel like we always just feel more comfortable in front of an audience it's we, well that's how i definitely feel uh I, yeah i, I think it's I, I think it's very much you kind of uh you know, when you're in front of an audience, there's there's something like you can't, like even if you mess up, you have to save yourself. Yeah. You know, unless you walk off stage and you know say I can't do it. Yeah. You know, but you have to. You know, those. But I always think those beautiful moments in a theater show is when you've done the show hundreds of times yeah. and someone messes up. Yeah. And those moments, you know, you're going into autopilot, which yeah. you shouldn't be anyway. But you know, we've all played at the town hall and you know Donegal somewhere that's you know, and you're kind of like right, okay. Let's go out and do it tonight. And yeah. it's, you know, people are on autopilot, then someone trips and yeah. you have to save them. You know, yeah. or you're tripping and someone throws you a line and then you, and then you catch it. And then it, awesome. there's something about that being so alive that yeah. that on a film set is very much, you know, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. You know, you don't have the, that, you know, the stakes aren't as high. If you mess up, yes, it's bad and it's time and it's money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone just resets and it can be done again. Saying yeah. that, you know, if it's take twenty seven, you may <laughs> yeah. um, get a phone call. But I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's a different a different story, you know. Yeah, there, there's no, there actually, like you said, there's no better feeling than if someone messes up because you could be doing a run and have done this a million times and you've rehearsed it and you've done so many shows, so you actually you are in like autopilot. But when someone messes up, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. The audience don't know. They have no idea. Whatever you do, they think is right. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. And you just kind of work around it. Like, But I remember in drama school, one of my mates, we were doing a show and it was an American play we were doing. And he was like, uh, doing his lines. And then just halfway through, he just went, yeah, I think that, uh... oh, fucked it. Fucked it tonight. And <laughs> just walked off. And we were like, no, go back on, go back on. And he was like, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, God, it was the best. Was so funny. We we're like, that's a, don't do that. that you can't <laughs> do that. Do that again. Yeah. We did a show, um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I did it for A level, um, practical, like A level practical. Um, and then we did it in uh, afterwards, just before drama school. We did it in the Cotterland in West Belfast. Mm-hmm. And it's four actors on stage, and it's very, very heavy play and very, very dialogue heavy, and we're running these lines, we're doing it, the audience are in, and someone trips. And then we kind of try and get right, but it was like a big trip. But we were we were fine, we kind of got, anyway, long story short, we kind of did the play, but there was bits that were all over the place, but we got there in the end. And the audience didn't know anything. And then this woman come up at the end to me and said, listen, I'm the only person, I think, that's seen this play before. <laughs> and I just want to say, well done yeah and i was like oh thanks very much and she was like no 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 well done and i knew like i knew she was like basically saying to us you screwed that up but you saved it so it's it's i think it's just about keeping you know keeping going and just um trying not to let the the illusion to break like you know yeah it's it's just being able to have that confidence 
in mm. in yourself to be able to pull it off and to be like, okay, well, we messed up, but you're not going to know that. We're just going to yeah. keep going. You have yeah. to be a, a, that confident in the the text and, and in your character that you can just play it off like nothing happened. Yeah, um, exactly. exactly. When, when you have done like uh, short films or movies or TV shows, has there mm-hmm. ever... Uh, has have you ever been starstruck by anyone or just is that something that doesn't really bother you um no i mean don't get me wrong like if i if i ever met michael j fox or christopher lloyd walked in the room from back to the future i'd collapse Mm -hmm. um but i i i always um i don't know if i should say this or not but i always i freak out and say it yeah if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like and like when i step on the uh, on the set somewhere right and there's a crane camera and there's extras and all these act- and you're walking on set with you know with a name or whatever um and all the extras are looking at you like you're tom cruise and yeah. you feel like oh, this, lads i have three lines and this. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm i'm glorified here you know what yeah. I mean? like it's it's but i'm always when i step on those big sets or when i work with a big name or whatever it's always like i'm always dancing like yeah like but I, on the outside, I'm very much, hi, my name's Brendan. Yeah, nice to meet you. I play so. Okay, yeah, yeah, thanks very much. I'll just go back to my trailer. Thank you. Um, see you later. Bye. But it, when I close that trailer door, I'm da- like, I genuinely have a dance and a boogie, yeah. you know, and I'll play soundtracks and I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll literally just everything I've ever dreamed of is then happening and you're yeah. doing it and then you're being paid for it. So, yeah. yes, I'm starstruck all the time i'm starstruck by certain cameras never mind actors yeah fair. and then when i get to go to the monitor and watch them act after you said your two lines mm-hmm. and it's like a free education yeah. and then you have lunch with them i'm completely starstruck but you wouldn't starstruck's probably the wrong word i'm just so happy but on yeah. the outside i'm very much again as we said before just that professionalism of treat everyone nice and whether it's a runner or a director or whoever like i don't have time for anyone that's being a prick, yeah, you know, especially if they're you know messing someone about, it's very much everyone's equal on those on those um, bigger projects, no matter yeah. what your job is. Hundred percent. What would be your like process in like say you have a, a bigger part and like you have to do like character development and stuff? What, what how much of that do you delve into, or do you kind of just separate yourself from it? Um, I just kind of, to be honest, it. It kind of changes depending on the project. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger in drama school, I used to take it very seriously. Like I used to be like, like I have to know. And at the minute I just, you know, you just kind of have to put as much of that in as possible. You just kind of have to, you know, get the tax down. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an actor that, that will think about, you know, their, their dead cat and make themselves cry. Like, I don't believe in that. I think yeah. if it's, it's, if it's not that I don't believe in it, it's, it's whatever works for you. But what has always worked for me has been doing as much work as possible and then forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. Like the scene for me is what's happening right now between me and you. Yeah. It's not, this is my shirty line. You know what I mean? This yeah. is where, this is where I get angry. You know, it's not, it's not for me. It's not about that. It's more so just about, you know, whatever will happen, will happen between me and you and we'll, yeah. hopefully they'll capture it. And yeah. if they don't, or if there's a note, or if there's a, you know, then you have a conversation with a director. But it's 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 mainly about what that other actor does to you, rather than you know preparing something, yeah, something else. 
because I I think from from an early age I always thought that like say uh, I can't think of an example but like I I always thought actors worked out how they say each line yeah when they're learning the line so it's like yeah got that line but yeah sweet yeah and then they get on set and they just regurgitate what they've learned yeah. obviously and then you you start doing it yourself and you're like well how could they do that 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 wouldn't make any sense because you don't know how that actor is going to respond to you so you could be screaming and shouting and this actor could be screaming and shouting back and you're like oh, what are we doing here it's just crazy it just, it just it becomes something that's very very fake you yeah. know rather than because some of the best things some of the best scenes you do are 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 off the cuff or yeah. you've learned the lines and it's that was really magic you know and i hope they got that or in theater someone like what we were saying earlier when someone trips up someone that's when everyone becomes alive yeah you know i think it's it's very much about between you and the other actor and just and having that trust and doing all the prep but then also forgetting about it yeah like if i'm thinking then I'm, uh, it's the game's over. Yeah, it's you about know? living in if the I moment. Just, exactly. If I just learn the lines, do the prep work, and then just forget. Like when I say forget, I mean if I'm thinking, "What's my next line?" That's me done. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 not doing my job properly. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. So obviously, you said that you've been lucky enough to work during this lockdown. What What are your uh, plans for the future? Have you anything coming up? And yeah, actually, that's what that's that's why um, I was on the phone earlier. Uh, I just a project up in Derry I'm doing at the minute. Uh, so yeah, that's for the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, that's that's really that's really it at the minute. Has been that that's I had my third round audition yesterday. Um, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with that or where it goes. Um, but other than that, just writing. I mean, when I when I especially with this lockdown, it's just been it's been just writing and kind of getting things on paper and like that call for pint size was great because you were able to write it, but then also perform it, mm-hmm. which has been awesome. Um, and then just kind of anything and everything that comes up. You Absolutely. Know? Well, best luck with that audition. Hope it, uh, hope you get it. <coughs> um, uh, uh, just to finish off, I just want to ask you, what advice would you have for any, uh, people looking to get into the industry or anyone who's already in it and just kind of need to kick up the um, What advice? Uh, I think to, uh, don't take it too seriously. Um, and do it if you, like do, Like a lot of people kind of do it and they're like, oh, acting is my hobby. And I'm like, well, fair enough. Um, but I think you have to, it has to be like breathing. And if you get up in the morning and it's in your head and you're going to bed at night and it's in your head, and it's if you don't do it for a while, you get kind of not agitated, but like, like if I don't act for a while, or if there's something that's come up, or I'll get like you need like a release. Yeah, yeah. I think if it's like that, then then give it hell and do everything you can, and don't let anyone on this planet say that you can't do it if you feel like that. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. Hundred percent. Brendan Quinn, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, bud. Thank yeah. you. It's been lovely, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, lovely speaking to you. Uh, best of luck Cheers. with everything. Cheers, man. Thanks Cheers. very much. See you Cheers. later. All best. Thank you. So you have it, folks. That was Brendan Quinn. Join me next week when I am joined by the absolutely hilarious Caroline Curran. So join me next week for that. If you could, tell your friends about the podcast, like and subscribe to the video. This has been Play and Pretend with Chris McIlvenny. See you next week.